podcast. I'm Louie, and as always, I'm here with my bud, Dave. Hey. So, Dave, on the show today, we're going to be talking wrestling. Oh, yeah. So, as far as wrestling goes for you personally, where do you stand with it? I grew up on it. Like, I, ever since I was a kid, it was almost like it was already in my life. Like, I, I can't remember when it started. But I, as far as I can go back, I just know that I loved wrestling. I have to say, I am really blessed with like the best mom because my mom went all out for my birthday, for Christmas, anything that I lo- like, I was into. She did like the extreme of getting, made sure I got all the stuff that I, you know, like all the toys, all the paraphernalia. I remember one time there was a um, one of my birthday parties. There is this place called Our Place, and it was this, this this room, this giant room with nothing in it except video games, except for arcade games, and it had all the best arcade games. It was the Simpsons game, Mortal Kombat. They had like they had like one of those like Master Neo Geo arcade games where you can pick like ten different games, and one of the parties that we had there. She got the wrestling buddy of the Ultimate Warrior, and she had it made into a cake. You showed me that picture. It's amazing. Yeah, that's that's from our place. And then our place must have closed down or like switched owners, and then they opened up our place too. And <laughs> it, it was just the best because it was some dingy ass room with nothing in it but arcade games that were full play you didn't have to put money in them unlimited it was it was amazing but yeah wrestling has been a huge staple in my life i don't really watch it now because i'm not really into the characters i'm not into the angles of the of the characters but you know yeah i i I love wrestling did you own that ultimate warrior (laughs) i had i had the ultimate warrior and hogan those are the two that I had, but you know, it's the, I, I never wanted the big boss man one and I never cared to get, uh, the million dollar man one. I did want the Jake, the snake one. I didn't have the Jake, the snake one. It's funny. Cause I feel like the big boss man. Well, no, I, I take that back. The big boss man. I feel like kids did cause he was really like over the top. But I feel like the Million Dollar Man, not a lot of kids liked him. I remember he was always a bad guy, too, so I guess that's why. Yeah, he was a dick. (laughs) My mom and I met the Ultimate Warrior once. So there was this place called Kitty City. It was a toy store, and it had just opened up in Long Island. And I was a huge Warrior fan, so, so I asked my mom, I was like, can we go see the Ultimate Warrior? Dude, there was a line at the fucking door down the block and we had gone so we didn't like really realize it so we had just gone into the toy store and we're walking around and yo we cut everything by accident (laughs) and we met the warrior he was sitting at a table he did not look happy he looked (laughs) he looked really miserable he had his like you know that like leather like that that leather like long leather vest that he wore like it was like like it was almost like a duster yeah. but it was a vest and it was made out of leather he had that on he didn't have makeup on but he had his hair in his face and he had the uh the wrist the things he wears on his wrist and me and my mom got to say hi to him and he said hi and he wouldn't sign an autograph because we didn't wait on the line <laughs> but it was amazing so I, I i did get to meet the ultimate warrior it is crazy how popular the Ultimate Warrior was at one point. That dude was like a living, breathing superhero. And it's just funny how miserable he must have seemed, according to your story. Like, <laughs> It looked like he was, he was like woken up early from a long night of raging and partying. Like, that's literally what he looked like. 
Because I'm sure that's exactly what he did wake up from. So, I had a big obsession with Macho Man. But I caught him later on when he was the Macho King. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and I think he, like, him and Miss Elizabeth, like, they got back together when he was with, who was he? He was with Sensational Sherry. Remember that? Yeah, he, he, she was his valet for a while. What, was him and Elizabeth married in real life? They were married. In storyline, they had gotten back together. And I remember I had a wrestling buddy of the Macho King, and they had the crown on it. And his trunk said Macho King. And that's when he was a bad guy. That wasn't even when he was a good guy. But I still always loved Macho Man. Like, that was always my guy when I was a kid. More than Ultimate Warrior. I was never, like, I liked Ultimate Warrior, obviously. But he wasn't my guy. Like, that wasn't the guy I always gravitated towards. I always loved Macho Man. But wrestling for me, as a kid, was everything. Besides horror movies, which obviously in Halloween, which is the whole purpose of our show... Like, I loved wrestling. And I, I still, I love wrestling. My love has dwindled because the product today it's, isn't as good. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, not, it's, it's nowhere near as good as it was in the 90s. No, the writing is not nearly as good. Dude, flat out wrestling sucks now. Like, it's not, it's, it's almost unbearable to watch. That's why I don't watch it. But, you know, there are like AEW, which is a new federation. They're doing some fun um, cool different things with with that but in the 90s like during like the attitude era which i know you're familiar with it's amazing wrestling yeah wrestling was huge like stone cold it was probably my second favorite wrestler behind macho man the undertaker the rock all those guys kind of made wrestling cool and I just always, like, even though people kind of shit on it and it's looked at as, like, corny and stupid, which it is. I'm not even going to die. Fucking wrestling is stupid sometimes. And it was always, you know, it was always just fun to watch. And that leads us to our main topic when it comes to obscure, random, absurd shit. And that's the Halloween Havoc event, which was run by WCW, not WWF. WCW ran the Halloween Havoc event. It was an annual event. It actually started in 1989 and ran until the year 2000. So it had a long run. It did. Now, Dave, I know you're a bigger fan of WCW than WWF. 100%. Now, why? Why did you gravitate more towards WCW? You know, I don't know. I, I My mom would get both, both you know, federations, pay-per-views for me whenever I wanted to watch them. It just resonated with me more. You know, I always like like to refer to WCW as like the late night version of WWF. Like it was like the Cinemax version of WWF. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. And I think that's why it appealed to me more. Like the like like the lighting was darker. You know, it had like that southern feel to it. I was never able to choose between the two because I love WCW and I love WWF. I caught it a little later. I, I wasn't like, when I was five years old, I don't think I was watching WCW. It was more WWF because I remember WWF had, I feel like they were more cartoony. Like WCW was like the wrestlers wrestling company. Like everyone, there were characters, but like the matches were longer they felt and they felt it felt more real at the time. Don't get me wrong. WCW later on, like with Goldberg and all that shit, Got a little ridiculous, and they also had the... I still uh, liked it. No, I did too. They took themselves a little more serious 
early on. So watching it to me was almost like watching a real sport. And, and remember, when you're six years old, you think this shit's real. But it felt more like boxing in the early days than WWF did. And the Halloween Havoc event, which I know you're very, very much familiar with, I always thought was such a cool thing. They ran this pay-per-view. They always themed the event you know, around Halloween and they had sets and they had, you know, uh, uh, gimmick matches that revolved around Halloween and kind of just trying to inject that into that product. And WWF didn't have a Halloween event. I think they had like Monday Night Raws and stuff like that that were like Halloween specials, but they never had a straight up like Halloween event. And they still don't, which is a bummer to me. I don't get why. They own WCW. It makes no sense. Well, at least you got, uh, what, what is Bray Wyatt's thing? Um, the, what is it, Firefly Funhouse? Yeah, which is cool. And that, that feels like a throwback to like these times. You know what I mean? Is John Cena still stuck in the Fire, Firefly Funhouse? <laughs> oh, That's amazing. From last WrestleMania? Dude, that was one of the most amazing things ever. It was so ridiculous. I don't think he's come back since. So That's great. Try to keep it that way. So <laughs> we're going to be covering Halloween Havoc 1991, which to me is one of the most absurd Halloween ha- Havocs to exist. It's looked at as a terrible pay-per-view. If you go online, dude, and you look up Halloween Havoc 91, people just shit on it. And it's so funny because when you look at some of the talent that they had, it's amazing. Like, they had some great wrestlers. And honestly, too, like, the promotion for these events were amazing. Like, I don't know if you know this, but Elvira was like in all the commercials, I believe, for uh, 1990 and then this one, 91. Like she was in the commercials and they always knew how to hype up the event and get you excited. And they always, you know, added that spooky, creepy element. And it always felt like Halloween. So my mom used to order the Halloween Havocs for me every year. And I look forward to them and (laughs) I don't have a huge recollection of watching them. Because it's just such a long time ago. But for whatever reason, and I think it's from this Halloween Havoc that we watched, I always remember the fabulous Freebirds coming down the aisle and like with their sunglasses and waving their hair. And that always stuck out to me. And sure enough, they're in this one. So I'm hoping that this is the memory that I have of Halloween Havoc because I'm, I was eight when this one came out and I was definitely into wrestling at eight years old. So I'm I, I'm pretty sure this is one of them. But yeah, my, my mother used to get them for me, and I used to love them. I think I watched 95 or 96 first. But as a kid, these were on VHS. You could rent these. I don't know if you remember that. And I, I, I remember renting this one because of the cover. And the cover of, of this had a huge... It was just huge letters and font that said chamber of horrors and in my mind and honestly they they push this entire pay-per-view as like a horror like not death match which is like blood and guts but like just a horror themed uh pay-per-view like i i see why people hate it but at the same time it's like just what they did with the event that's amazing the main event wcw world heavyweight champion total package lex luger the all-american Ron simmons a classic struggle, the world title match of the century. There'll be no holding back. Hulk.
Halloween Havoc 91, Chamber of Horrors. Live Sunday, October 27th. Be there for a howling good time. Only on pay-per-view. So the first thing I want to point out is the amazing opening intro video package thing they put on for the event. It features a bunch of like creepy trees and a haunted house and then you kind of have like a, it almost reminds me of tales from the crypt i almost think that's where they got this from because you know how the intro to tales from the crypt it kind of has like a camera panning through the mansion and leading it to the crypt keeper so this they basically do the same thing where the camera's panning through like this haunted house and you see like tombstones and like a evil looking like staircase. I think you're like in like the living room or the entranceway to this haunted house. And then they have like ghostly silhouettes or, or, or images of all the wrestlers. <laughs> and it's it almost reminded me of like the intro to like a Sega CD game. The whole house outside is like gated off, and but there's nothing else around the house. It's just that one section that's decorated as Halloween. You know, it's supposed to be like Halloween and scary. And the whole CGI is just, it bleeds 1990s. And, like, it's the epitome of that. And honestly, again, this I don't think we mentioned it last episode, but we're going to go back to it this episode. Vaporwave as fuck. Speaking of Vaporwave, uh, the, the score, too. Like, I forget how it goes, but, like, it's a great, like, it's, it's so a creepy, scary-sounding score that leads into it. Mm -hmm. And then the set. For the actual event is like a it's haunted ha like another haunt like i think it's the same haunted house that's in the intro video now what i always thought was a bummer is after the first match they covered that up until later on when another when another uh a uh, thing happens that we'll talk about but i never understood why they didn't leave it open the entire time yeah it did make sense like halloween havoc was known for like these great sets and i guess this was early on maybe but the fact that they like covered that up with like glittery i forget what you call that stuff that you see at like parties and like the big wcw logo it was always so disappointing to me but the tombstones are still there yeah they kept those which is so odd <laughs> it's like we'll keep the tombstones out but we'll cover the haunted house i, I that was a weird uh production fuck up for me personally i don't know why you would do that it just added so much to the event as a whole and i also love how eric bischoff is dressed as dracula like for a majority of the night i think the only time he's not dressed as dracula is like the opening that opening segment when all the wrestlers that are involved in the chamber of horrors match are arriving <laughs> yeah and and wait what 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 happened to barry windham because like he they show him in the card and they show him and they show his ghost pop up and he's not even in it th th does he get beat up in the in the beginning i forgot if i remember correctly i think he hurt himself or something happens and that's where they take him out of the match it's <laughs> It's odd. Yeah. It is odd because yeah. I noticed that too. And like Missy Hyatt's there and she's interviewing people. They had like this little cool like mock-up thing in the back where like wrestlers could cut their promos. And it was like corn stalks and pumpkins. And like they really embraced the whole Halloween theme. And it's just it's just really cool that they did that with the event as a, as a whole. They also had, which I always thought was weird, was... They had, like, this jobber team called the Creatures with, like, the <laughs> slime green luchador mask. And it was just weird because I don't think those guys ever showed up again. Oh, like, just, just this one Halloween habit? I, I think, if I remember correctly, like, the Creatures, I don't re And they were, like, a jobber team because they lost that match pretty quick. So the card itself, too, has a lot of prominent wrestlers like Kevin Nash, 
with his shitty Oz gimmick. Yeah, that's a terrible gimmick. Do you remember when he first showed up, what they had him wearing? He, he honestly just looked like a like a giant version of Sting. Like, when you look at him, like, he has the same haircut as Sting. And it's just, I was like, oh, it's it's 10-foot Sting. I, I don't know. It's, it's just, it, when, when I saw him come down as Oz, I'm like... Fuck, this was this was his shtick before he became fucking Diesel. Damn. Uh, but you also had uh, an appearance by Heavy Metal Van Hammer. <laughs> Dude, I like how like they, 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 they show them and like the guys legit look like they're actually jackhammering stuff on the side. It's like what? Dude, they were. <laughs> it's amazing. They were jackhammering. They had like cement bricks underneath them just so he could come out to two dudes legit jackhammering. And you could hear it. It's so dumb. And I always, I always love that dude's headbang, like where he spins the guitar and then just he raises the guitar and then just shakes it. It was great. What, what was his deal? So I don't remember him at all. So what was his thing? Like, did he ever go on to do more stuff, or was that like just someone they tried to test out and it didn't really work? Remember, I think at this point, WCW and NWA were kind of working together. So some of these dudes were like NWA dudes that they were bringing up. So some of these guys, you know, they were trying to hype him up as like the next big thing, but a lot of them failed. I could see him being like, cause like he had the look, you know, like the, the guitar thing is corny, but it, it worked, but it's like, how far can you go with that? And like, cause I don't remember anything else after him. That's what I'm saying. Like I saw him and I was like, I don't even remember this guy. I think he had a few matches, like jobber matches, like he had on this pay-per-view. And then he kind of, he either got hurt or disappeared. I don't really, I honestly, I didn't follow his career too closely, but I remember seeing him from time to time. And a lot of the time he was, it was like squash matches where he would come out, beat a dude. The crowd liked him, like, you know, because his gimmick was kind of over. He was, you know, a guy, you could see something like that, like you said, become very popular. But I don't think they really did much with him. Um, you also had Flying Brian Pillman, who's the fucking man. Dude, so good. I, I was watching him wrestle, and I'm like, I forgot how fucking good this guy is. He had a match with Ricky Morton of the Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> I don't know if you remember the Rock and Roll yeah, Express. for sure. Yeah, so and he won that match. Um, you also had a match with the Enforcers. You had Arn, Arn Anderson and Larry Zbysko versus the Patriots. That was my favorite match of uh, of this card. It's a great match. Was that was that match because a Arn Anderson is one of my favorite wrestlers ever, and it was just such like just to watch them all all four of those guys were cool were just fun to watch, and and like I always hated Larry Zbysko as a kid, but now I think about it like Larry Zbysko played his role so well as a fucking dickhead. And just to watch them wrestle, like, it was so fluid. Those, like, the enforcers are so fluid. And I'm like, wow, these guys really are, like, you know, like, whatever. They're, like, if you look at them, they just look like regular guys. But their wrestling skills were sick. And you also had stunning Steve Austin, a very young Stone Cold, <laughs> going up against a very young Goldust in uh, Dustin Rhodes. And they had their 15-minute timed match. That kind of had a lame ending. Like, the match was great. Fucking technical as hell. But, like, I think both of them were just timed out. Like, there was no real winner in that match. It was, it was, that was the only thing that kind of sucked. <laughs> I, I always forget. I think this was before uh, the Hollywood Blondes. I want to say it's before. But I can, also, I can also tell you this. The Hollywood Blondes theme song is tough as fuck. You guys, need, whoever's listening... You need to you need to YouTube that because it's it's fucking hard. Yeah, dude, their their theme was awesome. 
But that match was great, and it was really cool to like revisit, you know, seeing Stone Cold when he was really young and, and Goldust when he was really young have like this great match. Dude, Dustin Rhodes was 21. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's it's it fucking is crazy. crazy, dude. And the main event was a two out of three falls match between Lex Luger and Ron Simmons. Honestly, dude, this match was a fucking slog. I didn't really care. Like, I fucking it was a snooze fest. Yeah, it's you know, I never was a huge Lex Luger fan. Um, and and I like Ron Simmons, but I liked Ron Simmons when he was like in the Nation of Domination and like the like the acolytes and shit. But like this match, it's crazy to think that this was the main event of this pay per view. And honestly, that's probably why people don't really associate you know Halloween Havoc '91 with being a good good pay-per-view because this match kind of sucked like this main event sucked but with this being a halloween show i wanted to focus on two moments that happened during this pay-per-view and one of them is the absurdity that is the chamber of horrors match hello darlings you caught me working on my biggest project ever for my favorite wrestling event, Halloween Havoc 91. And this year, Juan Elvira is building a chamber of horrors. Teams and heaps of craze in the main. Who can survive in a race against time? At Halloween Havoc, anything can happen. Halloween Havoc 91, Chamber of Horrors. Live Sunday, October 27th, only on pay-per-view. All right, so Dave, the way you win the Chamber of Horrors match is by forcing one of your teammates... In an electric chair. Public execution. Or as they called it, the chair of torture. I don't know why they couldn't just call it an electric chair. It made no sense. Dude, it's public execution. That's what I wrote in my notes. I put public execution with an exclamation point. I'm assuming that's why they wanted to stay away from using the word electric chair. But that's what it fucking was. You're basically killing somebody. (laughs) So this match... Included El Gigante, you might know him as Giant Gonzalez. Did you recognize him? <laughs> I sure did. There was also Sting, who was the U.S. champion at the time. Uh, the Steiner brothers, Rick Steiner and Scott Steiner. I would like to add, Rick Steiner's wrestling trunks were great. They were Halloween decorated. It said, I think it said cuts and blood on his uh, on on his. <laughs> And it had, like, witches and cats on them. And the second team was made up of Abdullah the Butcher, which, that's a notorious wrestler right there. The Diamond Stud, a.k.a. Razor Ramon, a.k.a. Scott Hall. <laughs> Before all those characters, well, Scott Hall's his real name. Uh, Cactus Jack McFoley and Big Van Vader. So, like, dude, this match has literally minus <laughs> Giant Gonzalez El Gigante fucking amazing wrestlers in they're it. all legends isn't that crazy when vader came down i forgot that he wore that head oh i love it dude it's fucking awesome that thing is fucking sick yo it's like such like hr geiger-esque i'm like holy shit i forgot he came down with that and, and i think smoke doesn't smoke come out of it too it's fucking crazy and it fits perfectly with like halloween havoc and like you know because a lot of them weren't really wearing costumes but vader always wore that but, like, I think the only person that really embraced the whole Halloween aesthetic was Rick Steiner with his, uh, his outfit. Right. Well, I, I, lo- I love how Cactus Jack came down with the chainsaw. 
so fucking random and doesn't use it. No. You're going to fucking murder somebody in the ring with an electric chair but can't use a chainsaw? There is a part where Rick Steiner tries to pick up the chainsaw and use it on somebody, but it doesn't work. And, the, and if you watch it, he just puts it off to the side. He's like, oh, I guess this doesn't work. I can't kill someone with it. So it's so... <laughs> Dude, it's so dumb. You know what's funny about Cactus Jack is that, so as his evolution of a wrestler and character, he, you know, he ended up being Mankind, and Mankind's pretty much a bite-off of Leatherface, right? Yeah. Like, it's just funny, like, like the foreshadowing of it. Do you know what I'm, you get what I'm saying? Like, maybe I'm just oh, looking course. into it too much, but how he comes down with the chainsaw and how he just inevitably ended up as mankind. Like, I don't know. To me, that was just something that stuck out to me. No, yeah. I, I totally I totally see the connection there. It makes a lot of sense. But I just found it hilarious that he came out with a fucking chainsaw. Like, and didn't use it. But the electric chair is okay. It was, it was fucking, fucking ridiculous. So, the match itself is set inside of a cage. A typical, you know, cage type match that you would see in wrestling but it's littered with coffins for no fucking reason i guess because it's halloween and chains (laughs) and chains so i guess they were just trying to add a creepy effect and i and listen i appreciate i am not making fun of this i appreciate everything they did in this match i just want to say that just outright it's it's fucking perfection so very early on in this match they're all in the ring and Rick Steiner, I think, is looking for a weapon or something. And a fucking random mass dude jumps out of a coffin and attacks yeah. Rick Steiner. It honestly looked like one of the guys from The Creatures. That's what it looked like. It, looked, it was like random luchador. I feel like they got yeah. a little lazy with it. They could have made him like a zombie or some shit. But we'll, I'm sure we'll, we'll be getting to something a little later that involves zombies and this match. And, and, I know, and I know you're a big fan of it. So, yeah, this fucking random dude jumps out of a coffin and attacks Rick Steiner. Rick Steiner proceeds to beat the shit out of him. So this guy was no threat. So I don't get what the point of it is. And the best part is Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone, they acknowledge that this dude jumped out of a coffin. But it's never brought up again. Nope. <laughs> it's just, it's like... Fucking, this guy attacked them inside the cage, and no one mentions it again. And I'm just dying. I'm just dying laughing because I'm like, what the? F-? I forgot about that entirely. Eventually, the electric chair, aka the chair of torture, is lowered. It almost squishes Cactus Jack, like it crushes him almost. And he like purposely stands there. Did you notice that? Yeah. <laughs> he purposely stays. He like lays there looking up at it. As it's lowering, it's like lowering down really, it's like really slow. And he finally, I guess, rolls out of the way. It was so silly. And if you're watching this match, there's way too many people to be in this in, in this ring already. And if you're watching, you'll see guys like just kind of like not doing anything. Like they're just kind of like off to the side, like with their head down in the cage. Like there was just... <laughs> There wasn't anything to do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I I think they were pushing it involving like four on four. That's a fuck. And then this was when like the cages were smaller too. Like the cages I yeah. feel are way bigger now. But like it was flimsy. Yeah, it's so weird that they chose eight 
eight dudes to be in this match. And, and then their U.S. champion was in the match. Big dudes, too. It wasn't like they were smaller wrestlers. It was big wrestlers, too, that were in there. This was when all the wrestlers were, like, roided up and fucking jacked and shit. <laughs> I'm surprised that they started off the show with this match. Like, it's such a... It was a very bold move to start, to start the, you know, the card with this match. But, I mean... It definitely gets you engaged, that's for sure. But I, I don't know. I, I would say, I would say, keep this for the end because it was fucking insanity. Yeah, I always found that strange too because it was a Halloween show and they were really pushing this match and all the promotional material. Like they were, and it, I, it's just strange that it would be. I would get it in like the middle of the card, but the very first match. I guess you know what? Maybe like logistic wise, like it made the most sense because of the cage and the electric chair and all the wrestlers to kind of start it off first, it was a really weird, weird choice. Now, Dave, we're going to get to one of your favorite moments of this match. So at one point, a group of ghouls <laughs> come out with a stretcher. Dave, can you, can you describe these ghouls? Yes. Let's rewind for a second. So what, what was there, eight of them? Yes. I think it's eight, <laughs> eight men just come out of nowhere slowly with a stretcher dressed in all white and powder on their faces and are referred to as ghouls. <laughs> and they were waiting for the person that was going to get electrocuted to take them away on a stretcher. When I saw this, I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and the best part is they just kneel down and wait the entire, like for that, for half the match, I would say they're just kneeling down waiting for somebody to get killed in the electric chair so they could take him away on, on, on the stretcher. Dude, when I tell you I was dying of laughter when they came out, I can't even describe it here on the podcast. I just, like, I, I cannot articulate to our listeners how much I was laughing when these dudes came out. It's just silly. They look like, basically, they rushed a bunch of dudes out in white scrubs and literally took baby powder and just, like, threw it in their faces like it didn't look like makeup it was just the laziest thing and they were supposed to be ghouls but they didn't look they looked like random dudes with white powder on their face and white like scrubs it was fucking amazing and they're all just kneeling there just kneeling on the floor waiting for someone to get killed it's hysterical they do come into play later but we'll get to that <laughs> so of course, Cactus Jack McFoley, he gets busted open. He's he's showing a little color, a little blood there. Uh, honestly, this match, there was a lot of use of weapons. I think um, it's pretty violent. Scott Steiner was using chains and punching people. Uh, kendo sticks were used. So, you know, there was... A, I even think Abdullah the Butcher, obviously. He, he was bleeding, too. He always fucking bleeds. His forehead is all scarred up if you see pictures of this guy. But, you know, it, it had a little violence. It, it, you know, like you said earlier, a lot of these guys, you could tell the dudes that didn't want to get hurt too much because they were kind of not doing much and hiding like you were saying. It was just kind of all over the place. Yeah. So we're going to get to the finish now. <laughs> and, let's, and let's be real here. We all know who's going in the electric chair. I mean, I knew it immediately. I was like, okay, we know why he's on the card. We know why he's in this match. You know who's getting fried. So, Rick Steiner and Abdullah the Butcher, they're going at it. They're fucking whacking each other, beating the shit out of each other. Eventually, the two of them, I think Rick Steiner's trying to get Abdullah the Butcher in it, but then Abdullah grabs him and, like, flips it on him and gets him into the, into the chair. 
keep in mind there's another cage around the electric chair. Yep. So they're they're fighting in this smaller cage. Cactus Jack is like up on the turnbuckle near the uh, the switch that you have to hit to zap and electrocute the person. Eventually, Rick Steiner gets Abdullah the Butcher into the chair, beats the shit out of him, puts the uh, the headpiece to the electric chair over his head. It doesn't even go on his head. If you notice, it wasn't even on him. It wasn't even touching him. And I don't know why. I guess Cactus Jack became an idiot for two seconds. He's just not looking. And he, he pulls the switch down and zaps Abdullah the Butcher. Fucking sparks are flying everywhere. The lights go out in the fucking arena. <laughs> yeah, it's, gra- it's pretty graphic. Yeah. Fucking Abdullah the Butcher, he's convulsing and going and like fucking freaking yeah, out. Yeah, blood and shit. Yeah, it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's a pretty brutal thing to see, especially if you're like five or six years old. Like if you're a kid watching this, you fucking think Abdullah the Butcher is getting electrocuted. Eventually, all the other wrestlers leave. The ghouls, you can see them prepping their uh, stretcher. And this moment I love. Cactus Jack starts to freak out and panic because he fucked up. He electrocuted his tag partner. He rushes into the cage, into the smaller cage with the chair. And he's like screaming and crying. You can't really make out what he's saying. And Abdullah the Butcher springs to life randomly and like just clocks (laughs) Cactus Jack. Yeah, he's pissed. (laughs) He's tight. So he's tight. He's upset. He's fucking freaking out. He rushes out of the cage. It's almost like he, I don't know, he fucking got a boost of energy. It was so dumb. He just sprung to life. Adrenaline. (laughs) And he, yeah, adrenaline basically. You're right. He rushes at the ghouls and starts to beat the shit out of the ghouls. He starts to fucking plummet them. And you see the powder. You see all the powder going everywhere. <laughs> They're there for no goddamn reason to, but to get beat up by Abdullah. He beats the shit out of them. They're not intimidating at all. They don't even put up a fight, dude. They just stand around while Abdullah the Butcher beats them up. And they cut to Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone. <laughs> They're both confused as shit. Like, even, like, I think Jim Ross doesn't even know how to, like, just describe what he just saw. He's just fucking like, all right, guys, that was that. Like, he didn't know what to say. <laughs> like, they're both, like, <laughs> they're both so flustered. Like, you can just see, like, they're just like, what the fuck did I just, what did we just commentate over? How do you rehearse that match? Oh, dude, there was no rehearsing. They just, they won this shit. It, it was, dude, it was fucking Halloween. So I'm sure the way they saw it, they were like, people want to see something fucking outrageous and dumb. And this was like their version of like a horror match. Like this was like their, like, this is what that was. Like we're going to kill somebody on stage. And I use that word kill loosely because that's not what happened. Abdullah the Butcher is alive, obviously. He fucking sprung to life after being... A matter of fact, I think that shit rejuvenated. It fixed his fucking heart when he got <laughs> when he got uh, electrocuted. But personally, as much as people shit on this match, the insanity is fucking amazing and I love it. It's entertaining. It's, it's so entertaining. It's the epitome of what professional wrestling is. Like, this was 91, dude. Wrestling, honestly, I'd rather watch this stupid match than some of the stupid shit they do now. Of course. So, you know, as much as people hate on the Chamber of Horrors match, you got to give it some credit. It is entertain. I fucking laugh, dude, like I was watching a fucking comedy. Like, I don't think that was the point, (laughs) but I appreciate everything they did in this match. 
And even if you're not a wrestling fan, you have to watch this. You're, you could be a fan. Just if you're a fan of Halloween, watch this event just for this match because it is perfection. Another ongoing storyline or theme throughout this pay-per-view that relates to Halloween is the WCW Halloween Phantom. So we're constantly given updates by Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone about not knowing the identity of the Halloween Phantom or where he is. No one can find the Halloween Phantom. They even say at one point that Eric Bischoff can't find the Halloween Phantom, which I was like, okay, if he can't find it, I guess nobody can. At one point, they even cut to Missy Hyatt, who's like begging some wrestler in the back, like, who's the Halloween Phantom? Do you know where he is? Like, she's just constantly begging him just to find this out. I think it's Bobby Eaton. And it's funny because he's walking around with a pumpkin in his hand. He's got a pumpkin in his arms. <laughs> That's amazing. And she's like, hey, hey. She's like, hey, hey, do you know? And he's like, I don't know who it is. Come on, I just won my match and I got my pumpkin here. Like, it- <laughs> I didn't even, I realized that's who she was talking to. That's amazing. That makes it even better now. So the match eventually happens. And the Halloween Phantom is going to face Z-Man, who is a fucking jobber and a half. Like, this dude is a big jobber. And it's strange because Z-Man, like, if you look at him, he's in great shape. He's a big guy. Like, you would think he wouldn't be a jobber. You know what I'm saying? Like, like th- his his appearance doesn't fit the mold of a jobber. And wasn't were, weren't him and, and uh, uh, Flying Brian a tag team? I think before this, before 91, they were a tag team. Yeah. But I think what happened was, obviously, Brian Pillman blew up and was blowing up. Right, exactly. And Z-Man was fucking stuck wrestling the Phantom over here. So, you know, and as he's going down the aisle, <laughs> as he's going down the aisle, he goes, Halloween Havoc! <laughs> he screams it right in the camera. So, the WCW Halloween Phantom is basically dressed up as the Phantom of the Opera. He's got the big fedora with a feather in it. He's wearing all black. He's got a cape. He's got a a half black, half white luchador mask. And underneath the mask is a huge mustache that no one would ever be able to miss. Like, you see this fucking thick mustache. (laughs) So, the match happens. The Halloween Phantom destroys Z-Man. He beats the shit out of him. Dude, Z-Man had very little offense. He drop kicks him. He, he, he gets a drop kick in, then he gets up, and then he gives him a neck breaker. But this was like a total, total squash match. Like there was, no, there was nothing to it but getting the WCW Phantom over. So at one point, Tony Schiavone, he even points out that the Phantom used the Rude Awakening which is a very popular wrestling finisher from another wrestler that we all know. Later that night, we cut to Eric Bischoff, who's standing with Paulie Dangerously, a.k.a. Paul Heyman, who we all know started ECW. And the two of them are kind of going back and forth, and they're just kind of talking. And he says that he's going to bring out his newest acquisition, because at the time, the storyline is 
that Paulie Dangerously was fired on commentary, but his manager card wasn't revoked, whatever the fuck that means. So he's standing there with Medusa, by the way. She's also there. I can't forget Medusa. Everyone loves Medusa. He has the Halloween Phantom unmask. And who's underneath that mask but Ravishing Rick Rude. Yep. So what I always found odd was this was Rick Rude's return to the company after a few years. Now, I get it's Halloween. It's Halloween Havoc. And honestly, I always appreciated and loved that they used Halloween, the holiday, to bring back Rick Rude into the company. Like, I find it amazing, but also odd because this was also the start of Paulie Dangerously's alliance, the the Dangerous Alliance. Like, remember that faction? Do not kill me for saying this. I don't remember him at all in WCW. So I, I just always found it odd because this was, like, the Dangerous Alliance was a huge faction in WCW, like, in the early days of WCW. Like, Rick Rude was, like, his first acquisition. Like, Rick Rude was his first. That was going to be the guy that, like, helped him defeat WCW, helped him defeat Sting because Sting was so popular. So, like, that was the whole point of the Dangerous Alliance. Dude, you know who was in the Dangerous Alliance? You had Steve Austin, Arn Anderson, Medusa, obviously, Michael P.S. Hayes. You know, so, like, he had some great – I think Larry Zbysko, too. He was, I think the Enforcers joined um, the Dangerous Alliance. I just found it so odd that they used the WCW Halloween fan, the Phantom gimmick to reintroduce Rick Rude and introduce the start of this faction. Like, it's so pro wrestling. It's like the dumbest thing was used to kind of, you know, as a, as a jumping off point for these guys. It's fucking amazing. Well, maybe because it was a pay-per-view, you know what I'm saying? And, like, just the timing, they felt it was right. I don't know. But I just, I, I, for me, as, like, a fan of Halloween, I always loved that they that they used the Phantom of the Opera. Like, that. they were like, you know what? We have Halloween Havoc coming up. We've got our Chamber of Horrors match. We need to add, you know, inject some more Halloween into this pay-per-view. Ah, here we go. We're going we're gonna to dress up Rick Rude as the fucking Phantom of the Opera and have him re-debut. It's just, it's perfect. It's perfect to me. And, you know, as much as people shit on this pay-per-view, you think about it. They have got this memorable Chamber of Horrors match. There were good, good matches on this pay-per-view. Yeah. And they introduced a pretty prominent faction. Like, even watching his promo... It's Rick Rude's promo and Paul Heyman's promo were fucking great during that. Like, if you watch it as cartoonish as the whole Halloween Phantom thing was, their their promos, like Paul Heyman talking about destroying WCW, yeah, it is. it's really good. It's so spot on, and it goes to show you how brilliant he was in the, the wrestling industry. Even though ECW folded eventually, he's still on WWE television with Brock Lesnar. Like. And he still does, he still cuts these amazing promos. And even here, he's fucking he's just nailing it, like in these promos. And Rick Rude was a great promo, great wrestler. Fucking dude was jacked as shit. Now, if you think about it though, how many guys from ECW came to professional? You know what I'm saying? Came to WCW and ECW like, like all those guys did. They you know m- m- most of them did. S- Sabu, Rob Van Dam, Sandman. The, uh, Raven, they all came to the big leagues after ECW. So it's like, even though he went off and started his own thing, they all ended up, and, he, and they all of them ended up in WWE. You know what I mean? So it's, lack of a better term, well, it, say brilliance, I mean, it's timeless. You know what I'm saying? 
Listen, I'm sure a lot of our listeners aren't all wrestling fans. You guys are fans of Halloween. And Dave and I are huge wrestling fans and also huge fans of Halloween. I'm sure you agree with me. I'd recommend anyone to watch this pay-per-view, at least for those two moments we talked about. The Chamber of Horrors match. Absolutely. And the WCW Halloween Phantom match. As kids like that loved wrestling and loved Halloween, I feel like these two things just... They just represent me as a person, and, and I'm sure you too. You know what I mean? Oh, it's a fucking home run, man. And it is. It's a home run. You're right. That's a great way of putting it. And, you know, you don't have to be a wrestling fan to appreciate Halloween Havoc, I think. Or Halloween Havoc 91 specifically. Yeah. Like, we could watch a movie from 1991 that's fucking corny and still love it. So that's kind of how I kind of balance the two out. It's like, yeah, I love a movie like Night of the Demons. That's a cheesy cheese fest. I fucking love it. And I basically feel the same way about Halloween Havoc 91. Like, it's a fucking cheese fest, but it's a fucking great cheese fest. I think as ho- as people that love Halloween, you'll pretty much watch, and tell me if you agree with this, anything that's a Halloween special. It, it, it could be something you're not familiar with. It could be something that you don't really care for. You're probably gonna watch it. Am I correct? Oh, of course, dude. That was that was that was what grabbed me in. Like when I was a kid, that's what like that's what reeled me in was that the fact that this was a Halloween dude. Honestly, like I said earlier, I was never a WCW or WWF guy. I always loved both of them, but I always will gravitate towards the Halloween Havoc pay per views just because it's fucking Halloween Havoc. Like it, it's it. This was. As a kid, this pay-per-view was built for me. You know what I mean? That's the way I saw it. Because it's fucking wrestling and fucking Halloween. And down the line, I'm sure we'll get into some other Halloween Havoc pay-per-views. Because there were some amazing sets and some amazing matches and some other future Halloween Havoc pay-per-views. This is something you and I will do from time to time. Just because revisiting these pay-per-views, dude, is so much fun. They just are. Yeah, I mean, I, I woke up this morning and started watching Halloween Havoc 89. Because I was like, I, I want to watch more. Like what Louis said, even if you're not a wrestling fan, it's so Halloween and it, and it sticks to the theme of Halloween that you're going to enjoy it. So we highly recommend you check it out. Fright Night with the Monsters of World Championship Wrestling. It's coming. <laughs> Halloween Havoc 91, live, Sunday, October 27th, only on pay-per-view. All right, so that's Halloween Havoc 91. Be sure to subscribe, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at Haunted Hangover. And if you can rate and review us, that would be greatly appreciated. And remember, the best cure for a hangover is... More booze. More booze.